Thank you. As we mentioned at the start, we're, we're um, having the first of our studies in the book of Ruth this evening, and we're really delighted to have Jonathan McGee here to take us through the first chapter uh, on the theme of returning. So I'll hand over to Jonathan now. Thank you. Good evening, it's good to see everyone here with us in the building. And good evening to everyone who's watching at home on Zoom. As already has been mentioned this evening, we're starting a new series on the book of Ruth. The book of Ruth takes place at the time of the judges. In many ways, this was a very dark time in the nation of Israel. It was a time when people kept on going away from God, and God would have raised up enemies against the people to oppress them, to make things hard for them, and then the people would cry out to God, and God would raise up a judge who would rescue them, and the people would start following God again and then the pattern happened again. As soon as the judge had died, back down to not following God. And it seemed to be that every time that happened, it just seems to get worse and worse. The way the book of Judges puts it is everyone did that which was right in his own eyes. Everyone did just what they wanted. They didn't care about God. But you know what? The book of Ruth is like a bright light shining in the darkness. Yes, it starts off fairly dark, as we'll see, because it starts off with famine and death, but it ends up with redemption, a marriage, a birth, and a reference to the greatest king Israel had, King David. It also is a book where God does not explicitly speak. You won't find in the book of Ruth the words, thus saith the Lord. But as you go through the book, you can see God at work behind the scenes in what's happening. And you can also see God in the character being revealed by how some of the characters act. For example, Boaz, the way he actually obeys God's law. You see God's character in the book of Ruth. Let us turn to Ruth chapter 1. Ruth chapter 1. In the days when the judges ruled, there was famine in the land. And a man of Bethlehem in Judea went to sojourn in the country of Moab. He and his wife and his two sons. The name of the wife was Elimelech, and the name of his the name of the man was Elimelech, and the name of his wife Naomi, and the names of his two sons were Malon and Kilion. They were Ephraimites from Bethlehem in Judea. 
They went into the country of Moab and remained there. But Elimelech, the husband of Naomi, died, and she was left with her two sons. These took Moabite wives. The name of one was Orpah, and the name of the other was Ruth. They lived there about 10 years, and both Malon and Kilion died. So the woman was left with her two sons and her husband. Then she arose with her daughters-in-law to return to the country of, from the country of Moab. For she heard in the fields of Moab that the Lord had visited his people and had given them food. So she set out from the place where she was with her two daughters-in-law, and they went on their way to return to the land of Judah. But Naomi said to her two daughter-in-laws, Go return, each of you, to her mother's house. May the Lord deal kindly with you as you have dealt with the dead and with me. The Lord grant that you may find rest, each of you, in the house of her husband. Then she kissed them, and they lifted up their voices and wept. And they said to her, No, we will return with you to your people. But Naomi said, Turn back, my daughters. Will you go with me? Have I yet sons in my womb that they may become your husbands? Turn back, my daughters. Go your way, for I am too old to have a husband. And if I should say I have hope, even if I should have a husband this night and should bear sons, would you therefore wait until they were grown? Would you therefore refrain from marrying no, my daughters, for it is exceedingly bitter to me for your sake that the hand of the Lord has gone up against me. Then they lifted up their voices and wept again. And Orpah kissed her mother-in-law, but Ruth clung to her. And she said, See, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and her gods. Return after your sister-in-law. But Ruth said, do not urge me to leave you or return from following you. For where you go, I will go. Where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die and there I will be buried. May the Lord do so to me and more also. If anything but death, parts me from you. And when Naomi saw that she was determined to go with her, she said, no more. So the two of them went on until they came to Bethlehem. And when they came to Bethlehem, the whole town was stirred because of them. And the woman said, is this Naomi? She said to them, do not call me Naomi, call me Mara, for the Almighty has dealt very bitterly with me. I went away full, and the Lord has brought me back empty. Why call me Naomi when the Lord has testified against me and the Almighty has brought calamity upon me? So Naomi returned, and Ruth the Moabite, her daughter-in-law with her, who returned from the country of Moab, and they came to Bethlehem at the beginning of the barley harvest.
The first five verses in the chapter really set the scene, the background for the rest of the chapter and the whole book. As we've already mentioned, it takes place at the time of the judges, which wasn't a good time in the history of Israel. But more than that, there is a famine in the land. There's no food. So Naomi's family go to Moab in the search of food. It's only meant to be a stopgap visit. They're sojourning there. It's a temporary thing just to get some food and then they'll be able to go home. Just a little while there. But we don't know the time scales of the events when they all took place. So we're not given the details. But while they're there, disaster strikes and Naomi's husband dies. And then the two sons decide to marry Moabite girls. But then things get even worse. The two sons die as well. And what was meant to be just a short stay until there's food again has turned into 10 years away and things are even bleaker than when they left. You see, in those days, there was no welfare state. There's no help out from the government when you hit hard times. And there was no harder time than being a widow with no family. There was no one to support you, no one to help you, no one to provide food for you. How were you going to survive? And here we have three widows with no children. It looks bleak for the future. But then we have the first glimmer of hope. In verse 6, Naomi hears in the fields of Moab that the Lord has visited his people and given them food. You see, the Lord visiting his people actually could be a bad thing or a good thing. It's a phrase which is used throughout the Old Testament, but at times it's associated with judgment. The Lord visiting his people to judge them. But here it's good news. He's visited them and given them food. It's like other occasions we have in the Old Testament about the Lord visiting and good things happen. Because when we read the story about Sarah and about Hannah, we read that the Lord visited them and they conceived and had children. So this is good news. And Naomi decides this is the time to return home. The Lord has visited. There's food, there's blessing. I'm going home. She's going to return. And the rest of the chapter is taken up with the theme of returning or of turning back. Just read through the chapter again sometime and count the number of times it appears. 
returning or turning back. It's all over the place. But let's pause the story for just a moment. And thinking about what Naomi's decision to return has to do with us today. As I thought about this, and as I thought about the events over the past two years, I was wondering if I could paraphrase the first verse along this way. In the days when Boris ruled, there was a pandemic, pandemic in the land, and we all went online for church. I know over the last couple of years with COVID, we've all had different experiences. We all have had different concerns and worries. For me personally, one of the big things for me was not being able to, at the start, meet together with fellow Christians here, not being able to meet up on a Friday night at EBR and working from home, not meeting up with my colleagues in work. Yes, I was lucky. I had my family around me, but I missed that personal contact with other people, being physically with people. And you know, I must confess, it's something I struggle with still. Because in my industry, the new normal now is working from home. It looks like long term, I'll still be working from home. Yes, I'm going to the office the odd day, but my colleagues won't be there. And I struggle with that because I want to be with people. I like being physically with people, being able to talk to them face to face. But I know for other people, their concerns and fears and experience of the past two years with the pandemic have been different. For some people, it's their health. They've got COVID and it's gone really hard for them, really badly for them. Some people have ended up in hospital. Some people we remember praying for because it didn't look good. Other people, maybe it isn't that they actually had COVID, but they're worried. They're scared of what COVID would do to them for their health. And maybe it's not their health they're worried about, but it's health of maybe their husband or wife or their mother and father they're caring for. And it's scary, it's worrying. But might I suggest that as things start to gradually improve and get back to normal, maybe it's time to start thinking about returning, about returning to meet with us here in the building. Now, I know for everyone that timing will be different because people still have different concerns and you need to find the timing which is right for you. Some people may need to wait longer. And I know there's some people who may never be back in this building because of their old age and health. And in fact, that was one of the good things about moving online. I think there were some people who for the first time in years 
where they will actually join of us in real time. But for those who can make it out, prayfully consider when's the right time for you to meet with your fellow believers here. Because meeting together in person is very different than just meeting online. Prayfully consider it for when the right time is for you. Only you and God will know that. But on a practical note, unfortunately this practical note is just for the ladies. Sorry, gentlemen. But I believe there's a group of ladies who'll be meeting on the first Monday of the month in the cafe at 10.30 for cafe conversations. And I don't know if I've got my facts right, but if you're listening to this in real time, that might be tomorrow. Maybe that might be a way for you to gradually ease in to meeting together with people in a smaller group, maybe a bit more spread out or whatever. Something for you to prayfully consider. But if you are thinking about that, I think you need to speak to Colleen Edgar to register for it. But some for you consider. We all need to think how we best can return. Everyone will be different. But I may be speaking to someone else this evening, and you also need to return. And it's not COVID-related. Maybe you came to faith when you were younger, and in your youth you were on fire for the Lord. You couldn't wait to be out meeting with other Christians, having fellowship, listening to God's Word being explained. But with time, that has faded. Maybe it's due to the circumstances of your life. Maybe you changed jobs and you had to work the odd Sunday, so you missed out on meeting together the odd Sunday. But then maybe with time, that changed slightly. Instead of missing church the odd Sunday, you started coming the odd Sunday. And then maybe it just fizzled out and you haven't really been back, but maybe for the odd thing, maybe Easter, Christmas, or occasionally joined online, just, just to see if you recognize anyone. But could I encourage you to think about returning? about returning back to the Lord, getting to know Him better, reading your Bible again, and spending time with other believers. Is it time for you to return, to come back and meet with believers again, to follow the Lord again? Right, let's get back to the passage. So in verse 7, Naomi starts to return to Judea. And both her daughter-in-laws are going with her. And they start the journey. But Ruth tries to encourage them not to go. Now, don't get Ruth wrong. It isn't that she doesn't love her daughter-in-laws, that she doesn't want anything to do with her. 
I think Ruth is trying to think realistically here. She can't see her daughter-in-laws will survive in Judah, in Israel. Because widows have a hard time. Foreign widows are likely to have even a harder time. But we can see she's concerned about them because she asks the Lord two things for them. She first of all asks the Lord, may the Lord deal kindly with you. Now it's interesting the word she uses there, that he may deal kindly with you. Because this word kindly in the original language has got an overtone of love, faithfulness, and loyalty. In fact, it's used in Exodus chapter 34 and verse 6, which we referred to this, heard referred to this morning. When Moses asked to see God's glory, and when God was passing by so Moses could see his back, part of the words the Lord said to Moses was this, the Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness, keeping steadfast love for thousands. That phrase, steadfast love, that's the same word as we have as kindness here. Ruth wanted the Lord to show steadfast love and concern for her daughters-in-laws. She wanted the Lord to look after them. But she went on more in her prayer to the Lord for them. She said, the Lord grant you that you might find rest, each of you, in the house of her husband. She wants her daughter-in-laws to find rest and security, to be able to settle down and get married again and have a security of having a family rather than just being a widow. But notice, she's placing them into the Lord's hands. Naomi isn't saying, may your God look after you. No, she's saying, may the Lord look after you. May the Lord look kindly upon you. May the Lord grant. She's trusting in God, trusting in the true God to look after her daughters-in-law. And as we know in the story there, both daughter-in-law still protest and said, we're going to go with you. But after Naomi speaks a bit more, Orpah kisses Naomi and goes home. It isn't that Orpah doesn't love Naomi. She's actually doing what Naomi asked her to do. But we don't hear about her again. But Ruth will not desert her mother-in-law. She's not going to leave her. And you know, I really love what Ruth says to Naomi in verse 16. But Ruth said, Do not urge me to leave you or to return from following you. For where you go, I will go. Where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people, your God, my God. Where you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. 
May the Lord do so to me, and more also, if anything but death parts me from you. Actually, here we have an insight into Ruth's character. Because remember, Naomi was asking the Lord to show kindness to Ruth, to show steadfast love. Here we have Ruth showing that kind of love, that steadfast love and faithfulness towards Naomi. She's not going to desert her. She's going to go and be with her wherever she goes. Ruth is saying, I'm transferring my allegiance from my people, from the people of Moab to the people of Israel. I'm turning around. And notice, it is not something that Ruth is doing just as long as Naomi lives. It isn't a case of when Naomi dies, I'll go back home. No. Ruth says, when you die and you're buried, I'm going to be buried in the same place. I'm going to be buried in the family plot. She's putting everything in her commitment to her mother-in-law. She's not turning back. This is a lifetime commitment forever. But there's something more significant here. Isn't just about Naomi. Ruth says, your people shall be my people and your God, my God. May the Lord do so to me and more also, if anything but death parts me from you. Ruth is saying she's going to follow Naomi's God. But notice what she says after making that statement. May the Lord. Ruth here is not using a general term for God. The phrase the Lord is referring to God's particular name. We could say instead of the Lord, may Yahweh do to me and more so. She's referring to the name God revealed to Moses. The name referred to in the covenants. She's saying, I'm going to serve the Lord. She's putting her trust in God specifically. Not any old God, but the Lord. And you know, as I read Ruth's words and think about the decision she made and the actions she took, I couldn't help but hear an echo in my head of the words Joshua used towards the end of his life. When the children of Israel had conquered the land and Joshua was renewing the covenant with the Lord, of the Lord with Israel. Joshua in Joshua 24 and 15 asked the children of Israel this question and gave a, his own response to it. The question was, choose this day whom you will serve. Joshua's response for his family was, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Ruth chose to serve the Lord. She left all of her own country behind, her family, 
her old God and turned round, returned to the God of Israel. And maybe there's someone here tonight or listening online and you need to do what Ruth did. You need to return. You need to turn back and start following the Lord. Because you know we're so much more privileged than Ruth and Naomi and the Old Testament people were because we know more about God's plan of salvation. They didn't know that the Lord Jesus was going to come to this earth and die on a cross to bear the punishment for our sin so we could get right with him. He took our place so we could return, turn back and follow the Lord. The question is, are we going to return and repent and follow him? Ruth did. And it's something for us to think about. Whether we need to return and get back to God, because we've gone away as in some ways Naomi did, or like Ruth, start following him for the first time. But back to the chapter. The next bit in the chapter, we find Ruth and Naomi arriving back in Bethlehem. And Naomi's comments about how God has dealt with her, we're not doing that tonight because it'll be covered later on in the series when we look at Naomi in a bit more detail. But notice Naomi and Ruth arrive back just in time for the barley harvest. See, God has visited his people. He has supplied them with food. The chapter started off with a famine and very little hope. As we've gone through the chapter, we had the glimmer of hope, the rumor nearly of God visiting his people and supplying food. Now we have confirmation of it. There's a barley harvest. There's food. There's provision. God has visited. But over the incoming weeks, we'll look a wee bit more as we continue through the story of Ruth. And what we will see is that Naomi's prayer for Ruth is answered by the Lord. We'll see that the Lord does deal kindly with Ruth. And we'll also see that the Lord does grant her rest in the house of her husband. And John will be picking up chapter 2 next week. Let's pray. Father, as we come before you this evening, we give you thanks for the story of Ruth and what we've learned so far from it. We've learned that even in a dark time, there can be light from you. And Father, we've been thinking about returning, how Naomi returned back to Judea, returned back in many ways to God again. Help us, Father, to examine our own hearts 
to see if we too need to return, to see if we've gone cold and need to return back to you again. Also help us, Father, to prayfully consider that if we're still just meeting online about when the right time for us to return here into the building is, help and guide us, Father, and lead us as to when's right for us. But Father, I pray for anyone who's been listening who needs to return to you for the first time, like Ruth did, that they could seriously consider what you have done for them and return to you and trust you. That as in the words of Joshua I quoted, they would decide to serve the Lord. So Father, be with us as we travel home later this evening. Keep us safe and keep us close to you. And help us, Father, to serve you in all we do and all we say. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.